0: back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, worldwide. Toll free 800-610-7035. Email exxon at com. On all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV and our website where you can listen to the show, 724-365, com. Explanation, a couple of uh, months ago I had Jack Duffy on the show and uh, Jack was talking to us about his book entitled um, Black Mamba. It was a great hour and we've had the pleasure of having Jack on the show before talking about his expertise when it comes to a JFK assassination conspiracy expert. He is a strategic trial lawyer, a terrorism expert, a political analyst, and he's a national nationally known legal expert. And we're going to be talking to Jack this hour about the JFK assassination, which I believe, Jack, we were saying that it's the 51st anniversary of the assassination this coming Saturday.
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: My gosh. Jack, welcome back to the show.
1: Well, thank you. It's good to be back. Um, let
0: me ask you, Jack, why, after 51 years is the nation still so interested about the assassination of JFK?
1: Well, the reason why is because 80% of the country and the world, for that matter, believes that it's an unsolved murder that we don't know the truth about, who really killed John F. Kennedy, and I agree with that. Uh, if we were certain about who had killed him, if we all believed Oswald did it alone, there'd be no reason to really be that much interested in it anymore, but uh, most of the country believes that we haven't been told the truth, and... That the truth has been covered up uh, for some reason and uh, for that reason, that's why people are still interested in the case and always
0: will be there, there i i was uh, I was speaking to somebody a while ago who was trying to convince me that it was actually the Russian mob or the Russian government that was that was behind a Russian mob execution of President Kennedy. How does that sit with you as an expert?
1: Well, I don't I don't agree with that. I haven't seen any evidence that really mm-hmm. supports that. Uh, that. that's kind of an interesting theory. I mean that's that's kind of an off the chart theory for most researchers who have studied this for fifty years. Yeah. Uh I've been studying it for over forty years and I, I haven't seen one piece of evidence that links hard evidence that links Russia to the whole thing. Uh there's a lot of evidence that links the CIA, and the mafia and the anti castro Cubans to the assassination, much more hard evidence than links Russia.
0: Well I I I wondered after I spoke to this gentleman if he was if he was making that connection because of the Cuban missile crisis and and how Kennedy basically you know stood up against the big bear and had the big bear back down uh, during the during the um uh what was it called
1: uh, not Cold the war
0: yeah And I was wondering if 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 there is a possibility that because I've I, I've heard so many people talk about the the Cuban connection, uh, the CIA connection. That maybe there could have actually been some connection with the Russians uh, in light of what, what what had just happened.
1: Well, the problem is, this where's the evidence. I don't. Uh, I've studied this thing for forty years, and I haven't seen one piece of evidence that proves that Russia was behind killing Kennedy. Okay. Just 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 pure speculation. Sure. The fact that Oswald was living in Russia is the only thing that even ties Russia okay. with it. Uh, uh, I think the Soviet Union would have been really stupid to have killed Kennedy. Uh, it would have been like he was doing. It would have started a war, and we would have found out about it. Yeah. Uh, it's much more believable that the CIA was involved in this because the evidence points in their direction. And we could spend the next two hours talking about all the evidence that points to the CIA. Hard evidence. Uh, for one thing, they've destroyed all their files on Oswald, which is very suspicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have nothing to hide, you don't destroy files on somebody like that. True. Uh, the House committee that investigated the assassination wanted to see all the CIA's files on Oswald and were told that they'd been destroyed for mm-hmm. national security reasons. Uh, there's there a man named David Phillips who was the head of the CIA's assassination group. He's now dead, but he was brought into Washington in front of the committee and said he to testify about Oswald. He denied knowing Oswald when they had hardcore evidence that he did know Oswald. Uh, a Cuban, uh, one of the Cubans that worked with the CIA saw Oswald talking with Phillips in Dallas weeks before the assassination. Uh, what they were talking about, we don't know. But this Cuban guy, uh, told, testified that he saw Oswald with Phillips. And so we know for a fact that if he's telling the truth, that Phillips did who Oswald was and met with him. Uh, there's, there's another indication that the CIA was mixed up with this because a man named, a man claiming to be Oswald was down in Mexico City weeks before the assassination, uh, pissing the Cuban and the Russian embassies. They photographed this man. The CIA actually photographed the man with their own cameras, and the man is not Oswald. Hmm. Clearly, not Oswald. Somebody else. And this man was using Oswald's name in phone conversations. That's never been totally explained to this day about who this guy was and why he was impersonating Oswald. Jack, you and I and have it to take on and on and
0: on. Jack, you and I have to take a two-minute commercial break. Thanks very much for taking time sure. out of your busy day to join us. Always great having you here on the show, Jack. Nation, Jack Duffy sure. is our special guest. He's the. Um, He's the author of several books, um, but we're, he's the author of The Man from 2063 and Black Mamba. His website, TheManFrom2063.com, and we'll be back on the other side of this two minute commercial break. Don't go away. Exclamation, Jack Duffy is our special guest, www.themanfrom2063.com is his website. And Jack, what got, what's, what, what was it that, that brought you to the point where here you are 40 years later, you've, 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 you've studied the assassination inside and out. What was it that, that prompted you to take such an interest in the JFK assassination?
1: That's a good question. Uh, what got me interested in it was my father, uh, who was who is now deceased. Uh, he actually saw Kennedy the morning of the assassination. He saw him in Fort Worth at, his, at the breakfast there when he gave his final speech. But mm-hmm. uh, My father was playing bridge with my mother and some, another couple uh, back in 1972. And this couple's older son was a police officer, and he had gotten a hold of a copy of the Zapruder film from a researcher. Who had gotten it from Jim Garrison. This was way before anybody had ever seen the film on TV. Right. And he had a bootleg 8mm copy of it. So he showed my dad this, the, the movie on that 8mm projector back then. And my dad was shocked by the film when he saw it. Uh, and he told me about it the next day. And then I went over and looked at the film. And then I got a copy of it myself. And of course, everybody's seen the film now for, for over many times. But, uh, to me, the Zapruder film is the, is the key to the whole case. It's the most important home movie ever made in the history of the world and it clearly shows that Kennedy was hit by two shooters, or at least two shooters, one from the front and one from the back. Uh, you know, the way his head reacted to the headshot, people believe now, and they still believe it to this day, that the fatal shot came from the right front because Kennedy was thrown violently to the back and left from the impact. And you see that clearly on the film. And had we not had this film, we may not have ever really known what had happened to Kennedy, but because Prudder was lucky at the film the whole thing, we, we have a time clock and a, an actual film showing what happened to the president. And that's what got me interested in it.
0: Let's let's go back a little bit in time. Why was Kennedy assassinated? Was it because of, of what happened with Cuba, or, or were there other reasons behind his assassination?
1: Well, that's a good question. Uh, nobody knows for sure. I mean, we, we all would like to know the real truth on this mm-hmm. thing, but there's just a lot of speculation. But if I were going to guess about why I think it happened, it's a combination of several things. Uh, he had made a lot of enemies in the brief time he was president. He had... Stepped on a lot of toes. Uh, the CIA, for, for instance, he was uh, at, at odds with them over Cuba and Vietnam. Uh, his brother Robert, the attorney general, was going after organized crime like nobody else had ever done before, putting him in prison. And so the mob definitely did not like the Kennedys and had a reason to get rid of JFK. Uh, the Cubans, the anti cancer Cubans, were upset with Kennedy about his uh, policy because of the Bay of Pigs invasion failing and then not taking cash during the Cuban Missile Crisis. So they were all in cahoots with the CIA, or at least the rogue CIA people who wanted to get rid of Kennedy. So there are a lot of reasons why a group could have gotten together and you know, planned his death and gotten Oswald involved as a patsy or set him up as a patsy. So, um, I mean, I just think that's why he was killed. I think it was a uh, they wanted to get rid of him because he was going to take us out of Vietnam, which they didn't want, and he was going to revamp the CIA, which they didn't want. Mm-hmm. And it, Kennedy was uh, dangerous. Kennedy was uh, was hard was untouchable. Uh, they couldn't do anything to him because he was too wealthy, too well liked, too popular. He was going to get reelected very easily, and they knew that and they had a problem and the only way to get rid of him was the killing unfortunately um,
0: was there any 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 possibility that uh, President Johnson was involved in the assassination plot
1: oh absolutely uh, I, I, there's, a, there's been many books written about Johnson's possible involvement and I, I agree with a lot of what they've written mm-hmm. uh, I talked to Johnson's mistress Madeline Brown she's deceased now but I've met, met her many years ago and she told me that the day before the assassination, she was traveling with LBJ, and he made a comment that after tomorrow the Kennedys will never embarrass me again. That's not a threat, that's a promise. And she looked at him and said, what do you mean? He said, just wait and see. Wow. And this is according to her now. And the next day, of course, Kennedy got killed, and then uh, she thought about what Johnson had told her, and uh, she started you know, asking him more about it later on, and he finally uh, told her on New Year's Eve of that year that it was the oil people in Texas and the CIA and the mob that had done it, and that's all she needed to know. Uh, but <laughs> So I think, I think LBJ was definitely part of the plot, or at least he knew it was going to happen, and then he helped cover it up with the Warren Commission. So he's just as culpable as the people who killed the president, as far as I'm concerned.
0: You know, it, it seems that the Warren Commission was basically a way to pacify the American public, but the American public, I don't believe, really bought what the Warren Commission was trying to tell them.
1: Right. At the very first, uh, everybody thought, oh, this has been a a thorough investigation. When Mm -hmm. it came out in 1964, September 6th, where the whole country was embracing the Warren Report, oh, yeah, this is the the final word, you know, it was just Lee Harvey Oswald, there's no conspiracy. I mean, gosh, you know, Earl Warren and these other six men would never lie to us. Uh, You know, people just accepted it hook, line, and sinker until Mm -hmm. a few researchers started looking at the Warren Report and looking at their evidence and started digging holes all of a sudden, and the dam started breaking in the mid-'60s. And more and more information started coming out that it wasn't a thorough investigation, it was probably a whitewash. And then people started really started believing it when they saw the Zapruder film in nineteen seventy five because my good friend Robert Groden was able to get it broadcast on Geraldo Rivera's show in March of seventy five. And the entire country got to see what really happened to the president on the film for the first time. That film had been suppressed, by the way, until 1969, for good reason. Life magazine did not want anybody to see that film because they knew what it it showed, and they knew what would happen if they showed that film to the American people way back in 64 and 65. We would know that we had been hoodwinked and that there was a conspiracy.
0: Having had that film broadcast, why wasn't anything done? Why wasn't there another investigation? Why weren't those who suppressed the information brought to justice?
1: Well, there was a new investigation. It, the House Committee was formed as a result of Groden putting the film on national TV. That's what caused the House Committee to to come into existence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Groden is the one that got it got it, got it accomplished. It wouldn't have happened otherwise. Uh, we, they were forced to do it because the film came out and right. they couldn't deny it anymore. Uh, so the House Committee was formed in the mid '70s. They spent about two or three years of taxpayers' money trying to solve the assassination, trying to get to the bottom of it. I know because Groden was a good friend of mine. He was on the committee right. uh, on the photographic panel and. uh the problem with the photo with the House Committee is that they ran out of money the CIA stonewalled their entire investigation, which is another reason why the CIA had something to lose in this mm-hmm. because they were involved in it. They stonewalled everything that the committee tried to find out about regarding the CIA um I know because I talked to people who were on the committee and they were very frustrated because the CIA would not cooperate at all with them um, you know if you have nothing to hide you don't you cooperate exactly. so if you have something to hide is when you don't cooperate um. The CIA CIA had to have been involved in killing the president. I mean, their fingerprints are all over the the whole assassination. Uh, It's just a real tragedy that uh, the secret has been locked up and will be locked up apparently for who knows how many more decades. But uh, to answer your question, there was another investigation, and they finally came out and said after acoustics evidence proved to a 99% probability that there were at least four shots fired, which meant there had to be more than one gunman. And when they proved that, they had to say there was another shooter, But then they were crazy enough to say, well, there was a shooter on the grass, you know, because they couldn't deny it it anymore. But they said, well, he missed the car. Uh, It was just Oswald fired Mm -hmm. from the rear that hit the president. Well, that's ridiculous. Uh, The the shooter that fired from the front did not miss the car. He's the one that killed Kennedy.
0: (laughs) In your opinion, was Oswald uh, Patsy?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, There's so much evidence down that's come out that points to him, the impossibility of him being the the assassin on the sixth Mm -hmm. floor. Number one, he was seen on the second floor by lady and Carolyn Arnold, who worked in the pod store, she saw Oswald eating lunch at 12.15, which was 15 minutes before the shooting took place. Plus, Oswald named two employees later on after he was arrested, two other employees that were down there with him. He would not have known who those people were had he not been down there. Right. Uh, at the same time, he was seen in the lunchroom outside in the plaza. Two witnesses, remember, looking up and seeing a man in the sixth floor window with a high-powered rifle waiting on the motorcade. Mm-hmm. Now, this is at 12.15, which is 15 minutes. The reason why we know the tire outside is because the Texas... Schoolbook depository had a Hertz rent car sign on top of the roof. It's not there anymore today, but Hertz uh, took it down after the assassination. But at the time, it was on the roof, and it flashed the temperature every few seconds. And witnesses were looking up and seeing the time on the clock. And it was 12.15 when they saw this guy in the window with a gun, or uh, a rifle rather. So at the t- even if the times are off by a few minutes, Oswald can't be mm-hmm. in the lunchroom and on the 6th floor at the same time. That's one alibi. The second reason is, had Oswald killed the president, he would have had to come down four flights of stairs, because the elevators didn't work that day. There was only one to get up and down, that was through the stairs. Two women who were on the staircase that we've tracked down over the years had come forward and said that they were coming down right as the shots finished, and Oswald did not pass them on the stairwell. Uh, so if Oswald was mm. coming down to get away, he would have had to come down the stairs and he would have passed or being seen on the stairwell by those women. He was not. He was seen in lunch for 90 seconds after the last shot went off with a Coke in his hand. He was not out of breath or nervous like he just killed the president which is impossible if he'd just killed the president. He would have been out of breath and nervous. Uh, second, third of all, a lady named Geraldine Reed, who came forward in the late 60s, and was Robert Gruden, my good friend I talked about a while ago, he interviewed Geraldine Reed in, uh, before she passed away, and she told him that what she was going to tell him was to remain secret until she died, because she was scared for her life. She testified for the War Commission. They didn't want to hear what she had to say because what she had to say proved Oswald didn't kill the president. What she told Broden in the War Commission is that at the time the shots were being fired, Oswald was standing in her office getting changed for a Coke. She said he was standing there when the shots were being fired because we heard the bang, bang of the shots going off. So Oswald was standing with when he couldn't have killed the president. He was with me getting changed for a Coke. That's unbelievable. Uh, so she's telling the truth. Oswald yeah. could not have killed the president.
0: So, so why would, why was Oswald then targeted as the assassin?
1: Because the people who killed the president had already selected him to be the fall guy. I mean, they had to have somebody take the blame for this. They couldn't just have nobody get caught. Uh, somebody had to get caught when the president gets killed. They're going to keep looking until they find somebody. Right. Uh, so, Oswald was already selected ahead of time by the by the plotters to be their fall guy, uh, I believe that. I'm convinced of that beyond all doubt. He was picked because he, of his background. He'd been in Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have now evidence that the CIA sent him over to Russia, which came out recently people that work for the CIA have come forward now and said that they know Oswald on the payroll of the CIA, that the CIA recruited him and sent him to Russia to spy on the Soviet Union. So if that's true, then he was already on the CIA's payroll. He was already a CIA agent. Uh, John J. McCone, the, the head of the, uh, the CIA, wrote a memo to the war Commission in March of 64 that was released years ago, where he, it was top secret. He told the war Commission that Oswald had been specifically handpicked by the CIA to go into Russia and spy on them. He was one of their agents. Uh, and that was top secret. They couldn't tell the American people that back in the 60s. So Oswald was a CIA agent, uh, apparently, and was sent over there. So if he's already on the payroll, it's not hard to see what the CIA could say. Let's use this guy to be our fall guy, and we'll kill him, and he'll never go to trial, and he'll never get his side of the story, and that's what happened.
0: How long had Oswald worked at the uh, Texas Book Depository prior to the assassination? Uh, he,
1: went, he went to work on October the 17th. That was when he was hired. So he'd been there just a little over a month before he was killed.
0: So this is this was already part of the plot.
1: I think once he got hired there, either either him getting hired there was pure coincidence and Mm -hmm. it helped him out uh, or else they arranged for him to get hired there or pulled some strings to make sure he got hired there as part of the plot. Uh, One of the most interesting things, uh, one of my good friends, Vince Palomar, who's a researcher who wrote a book on the Secret Service, he interviewed uh, several Secret Service agents who are still alive who were in Dallas in the motorcade, and they told him that two days before the assassination, the motorcade route was changed by somebody that they don't know who it was at this day, but somebody high up in the chain of command changed the route uh, from where it was supposed to go originally. It was supposed to originally have gone down Main Street mm-hmm. and not turned on Elm Street. Uh, they were supposed to just go straight down Main Street and then cut over on the Stevens Freeway. Had that route, had they gone that route, uh, Kenny would not have been assassinated because the shooters would have been too far away to hit him. Uh, but they changed the route, or somebody changed the route, to where they made that turn onto Houston Street and then mm-hmm. another turn onto Elm Street, which put Kenny right in the line of fire from the grass, you know, in the book depository. Now, that's very suspicious why this motorcade route was changed. That's All right, really, Jack. really
0: amazing. Jack, we've got to take our news break. Please stand by. Jack Duffy is our guest. He is the author of The Man from 2063 and The Black Mamba. His website, www.themanfrom2063.com. Don't go away now. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Good News Radio Network, Rogers International, and iHeart Radio. 1-800-610-7035 is worldwide toll-free. My email address is exxon at exxon TV.com. On all social media sites, exxon radio TV, and you can listen to the show, 724 365 at ExxonRadioTV.com Jack Duffy is our special guest uh, he is an expert on the JFK assassination the conspiracy he is a strategic uh, trial lawyer, terrorism expert political analyst and nationally known legal expert he's the author of The Man from 2063 and his new book is entitled Black Mamba his website www.themanfrom2063.com Jack um you were talking about people looking up at the Hertz sign on the Texas Book Depository and seeing a man with a rifle. Did anybody report yeah. this to the police or, or to the Secret Service?
1: Well, they told the War commission later on that they didn't get along by it because they thought it was a Secret Service or an FBI man up there oh. with a rifle, not an assassin, which, you know, you'd think they would start questioning who's this guy there with a gun. Yeah. But for some reason, they didn't, they didn't think it was an assassin. They just thought it was some secret service or FBI guy, which is, you know, amazing that they thought that. But that's what they—that's why they didn't say anything or do anything.
0: When it comes to evidence, Jack, as a, as a trial lawyer, you have more experience in this than a lot of people who who are, who research the JFK assassination. When it comes to the medical evidence, how strong is it?
1: Oh, it's it's powerful. Uh, I met and got to be good friends with two of the surgeons who personally worked on President Kennedy and tried to save his life on mm-hmm. November 22nd at Parkland Hospital. Uh, one of them has passed away, but the other one is still alive today. But there were 24 doctors in total that tried to save President Kennedy in Dallas, and I've seen interviews with every one of them. Uh, most of them had passed away, unfortunately, but there's still a handful left alive. But every doctor who was interviewed said the same thing. They said that the fatal shot that killed the president had come from the right front, because they could see the back of the president's head completely mm-hmm. blown out while he was on the operating table, uh Dr. Robert McClellan, who is still alive is one of my is a good friend of mine, was standing over President Kennedy uh, the whole time they worked on. It. He said he had the best view of Kennedy's headwind of all the doctors. he looked at Kennedy's head for thirty minutes while they worked on him. He told me that there's no doubt in his mind that the bullet that killed him came from the right front because they could see where the entrance hole was on the right part of the upper part of the forehead where where it hit him in the forehead mm-hmm. right at the top of the hairline. And the back of the head was completely blown out. There was a hole as big as, a, as your fist. They could put their fist into the hole. It was that big. Uh, so that's not an entrance wound in the rear of the head. That's a negative one. If that's a negative one, that means the shot came from the front, not from the rear. Which means there was a shooter on the grassy which killed the president.
0: Wow. And of course, looking at the Zupiter, Zupiter film, you can actually see the the president's uh, the back of his head being blown out.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, if you know, if you uh, what else is interesting is that. At the time he's hit, mm-hmm. a big piece of his skull goes on the trunk of the car, which would not have happened if the shot comes from the rear. It would have gone to the front of the car, mm-hmm. not to the trunk. Uh, his brain, brain matter, and blood went to the left and rear of the car, which is consistent with a shot from the right front, not from the rear. And Bobby Hargis, who recently passed away, who was the motorcycle policeman to the left and rear of the limousine, one of them, he was hit so hard by Kennedy's brain and blood matter that he, he knew the shot had come from the right front, and he ran up there to try to catch the shooter. So people who say that Oswald did it have to explain all this away if there's no shooter on the know.
0: With all this evidence, how can people still believe that Lee Harvey Oswald was the single assassin?
1: Because they're naive and they just they just don't want to believe that there could have been a conspiracy. They just want to believe the gov- what the government's told us for 51 years when the facts are just the opposite. I mean, it's clear cut. I mean, there was a PC student... Uh, uh, who came uh, down to be the deposit the day after the assassination photographed the area, and he found mm-hmm. a piece of Kennedy's occipital bone in the grass. Uh, it's the Harper. His name was Billy Harper. He, they call it the Harper fragment. He took the piece of bone to his dad, who was a doctor in Dallas, and the father took it to the pathologist who identified it as the occipital bone, which is the back of your head, mm-hmm. and they realized it was part of Kennedy's skull that had been blown out 20 feet to the left and rear where he had been hit the day before. Now, how do you explain a piece of occipital bone being found to the left and rear of the car if the shot came from the rear. There's no way.
0: Another part of the Kennedy assassination that I don't think anyone will ever forget was when the, the Dallas police were bringing Lee Harvey Oswald into the basement to be transported and Jack Ruby stepped out of the crowd in point-blank range, shot Lee Harvey Oswald. What was, what was uh, Jack Ruby's role in this entire scenario?
1: I believe he was part of the conspiracy. Uh, first of all, a lady named Julia Mercer, who is still alive today, but she's in uh, she's in uh, lives in seclusion. I've got to fear. Uh, but she testified before the Warren Commission, the House Committee, and then she testified for Jim Garrison in his trial in Orleans. And she mm-hmm. told the same thing to all three committees. Uh, she said that the morning of the assassination, she was caught in a traffic jam on Elm Street, right in front of the grassy knoll area, uh, while she was getting ready to go to work, and. Uh, a green pickup truck was parked to the right of her, part of, the, part of it was parked up on the curb and part of it was in the street. And she saw two men in the front of the truck, a uh, driver and a passenger. The passenger got out of the truck while she was stuck there and walked around and took a gun case like he'd carry a hunting rifle in mm-hmm. and walked up the hill behind the fence. Uh, the man who was the driver was staring at her like, "Like, what are you looking at, lady? You know, Mind your own business. She got kind of scared because he kept looking at her and giving her a dirty look and then she drove off. Well, what's important about this is because uh, when Ruby killed Oswald, she saw Ruby on television, and she told Jim Garrison, and she told the Warren Commission that the man that was staring at her that had dropped that other man off with the gun that morning was Jack Ruby. She Hmm. said, i got to go look at his face, and I don't forget a face, and that was Jack Ruby staring at him. He was the driver of that pickup. Now, if she's telling the truth, then here we have a connection with Ruby dropping some guy off two hours for the assassination has a rifle and a gun case. That's number one. Uh, Ruby also uh, was visited by mafia figures, Right after he shot well they were the first ones that came to the jail there in Dallas to meet with him in private. Uh, now, why would the mob be interested in talking to Jack Ruby uh, unless there's something that they don't want to communicate with? Uh, before the assassination, Ruby was receiving phone calls from very high-level mobsters throughout the United States. They were calling him for some reason because the House committee traced the phone calls, got the phone numbers, and traced them where their, the calls came from. And we know they were coming from high-level mafia figures. Now, why would they be calling a guy like Jack Ruby, who's a nobody, uh, unless there's something very important that they're discussing with him? That's another uh, connection with the mob, uh, with Ruby. Ruby said himself after the assassination, after he shot, that there was a conspiracy, that he didn't know anything about the details, though. But he he hinted that there was a conspiracy that he killed Kennedy many times. He told, he said that several times before he died. Um, so it's all it's all very interesting. Uh, Ruby was seen. Uh, Robert Groden has proof that Ruby didn't just walk up on the spur of the moment like the Warren Commission and everybody else wants us to believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people who believe there's no conspiracy believe that Oswald just I mean Ruby just walked up on the spur of the moment and killed him. Therefore, there was no conspiracy. Well, Groden has uh, NBC film footage showing Ruby was down there ten minutes before Oswald was brought down. So if he's down there ten minutes beforehand, he didn't just walk up on the spur of the moment. He was waiting for Oswald to come down.
0: But wasn't there a report that uh, Jack Ruby, just minutes before uh, he uh, shot uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, had actually gone to a Western, uh, U- gone to a Western yeah. Union shop and uh, and sent one of his girls some money?
1: Well, that's the story. But then Groen's got photographic mm-hmm. proof that he was down there ten minutes before. Wow. So apparently something's not right. Uh, that could have been an impostor that was using Ruby's name to provide an alibi yeah. for him to, show them, to try to show there wasn't a conspiracy was when there really was. Uh, Robert Groden told me that they'd never have proven for sure if the timestamp was correct on there, if the, if the timing was even correct, mm-hmm. or if it was even Ruby that, that actually was the man that posted the money. Uh, all I can say for sure is that he's got photographic proof that he's down there ten minutes before Oswald's run out. So I don't, I don't know where this other story came from, but Ruby can't be in two places yeah. at once. Uh, so it's all very interesting. But uh... all
0: right, so if we if we have if we have a CIA connection, if we have a Cuban connection, if we have. Uh, a mob connection. Okay. We have, we have. let me see, Jack Ruby. We have Lee Harvey Oswald. We have at least how many shooters would you say?
1: There had to be at least three, minimum. Three. Okay. Two in the rear and one in the front. One on the grass, you know. The reason why is definitely there was a shooter from the 6th floor window with Oswald's mm-hmm. rifle. I just don't think it was Oswald. I think that they could have the rifle into the building without his knowledge, and the, they had a shooter use his rifle to make sure that he was linked to the, to the assassination that they had his rifle up there. Uh, another shooter was somewhere behind the limousine in you know, another building, or maybe on another, another window on the sixth floors. I'm not sure where the other shooter was, but he was somewhere, somewhere behind the car, too. The reason why there had to be two shooters in the rear is because, uh, of the bullet that hit Connolly. Uh, Connolly, Governor Connolly, was wounded along with President Kennedy. He survived. Uh, and Connolly said uh, many times before he died when he testified before the War Commission that the bullet that hit him did not hit Kennedy, also, that he was hit by a separate shot from Kennedy. He said that over and over and over. He never changed his opinion about that. And Connolly was a hunter. He was experienced with gunfire and with mm-hmm. gunshots and rifles because he hunted a lot. And he said, I can tell you right now that the bullet that hit Kennedy was not the one that hit me. Yeah. So if he's correct, then both men were hit by two separate bullets within a second of one another, which means one guy couldn't have fired both shots with, with the kind of rifle Oswald had, so there had to be another shooter that hit Connolly.
0: Was there a bullet ever retrieved from the car?
1: Yes. Well, the magic bullet was found on the stretcher at Parkham Hospital. It wasn't the stretcher that Connolly was supposed to have been on. Uh, it's very interesting how that bullet came about. It just happened to show up unexpectedly, right. like it was planted there by somebody. The bullet itself is almost pristine; uh, it's hardly ever, there's very little damage to the front of the bullet. And what's interesting about this is that uh, the bullet that went through Collie uh, smashed part of his rib and his right chest, and it also went through his wrist bone, which is the densest bone in your body. That's right, yeah. And they've taken the, they've taken military ammunition like Oswald was supposed to be using, exactly the same kind of ammunition, same kind of robin. they fired test. Bullets into cadavers' wrists to see mm-hmm. what the bullets would look like when they went through a human wrist. Every bullet that they fired in the test came out flattened out, mushroomed out, just like you would expect a bullet to look when it hits a dense bone. But somehow, this magic bullet that they found on the stretcher that went through Collie's wrist comes out without being just deformed or flattened out at all. It's impossible. Well, well, wouldn't they be able uh, to? The walk- wouldn't
0: they have been able to do a um, a forensic examination on the 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 barrel twists on the bullet itself? to see whether or not Yeah, well,
1: that... they, matched the bullet. they matched the bullet back to Oswald's rifle, but that could have been intentionally done I yeah. mean, They could have set that up in advance, but exactly. they could have fired a bullet out of his gun into a cotton wadding and just taken the bullet out and said, okay, we're going to plant this down when we, when we shoot the president. Uh, so matching the bullet to Oswald's rifle doesn't prove anything. Uh, it just proves it came out of his rifle. It doesn't mean he shot the rifle or that he, he's when one that fired it. Uh, it also doesn't mean it went through Collie's body either. Uh Collie laughed at it when he saw the bullets. Said, I don't tell how in the world a bullet like this could go through. My body and look like this. Uh, the surgeons that did the, the uh, work on Connelly's chest, uh, mm-hmm. Robert Shaw, who was a military surgeon, he would uh, repaired people's bodies in World War II. He, he was an Army surgeon. He repaired uh, people who had been shot with high-powered military ammunition. And he said, I know what military ammunition looks like when it hits bone. It gets flattened out. And he said the bullets had. Did this damage to Connolly could not have been this bullet that they found on the stretcher? It's, in my opinion, it's totally impossible. This is the, the doctor that did the surgery on Connolly saying this. Mm. Uh, he also said that the angle that, that, of the bullet that went through Connolly is not the same angle as the one that hit Kennedy. Uh, that's another reason why that single bullet theory is baloney. Uh, the doctors even disproved that. They measured the angle through Conley and it doesn't even come close to be. It's a much steeper angle that goes through Connie than what hit Kennedy. Uh, so the whole thing just doesn't add up. It's, it, the trajectory doesn't line up properly on the single bullet theory. Uh, the bullet that hit Kenny went into his back, a few inches from his neck, not in his neck, because they had the coat, and the shirt, and, mm-hmm. and we know where the bullet hole is because it's in his clothing. Uh, the autopsy pictures prove with the bullet hitting. We have pictures it was back with the bullet hitting, but it's not in the neck. Uh, the bullet went into his upper back. And that bullet, by the way, was never found at the autopsy. They never traced the wound from the back through the front to see if it went through his throat. That's another thing I wanted to bring up about the autopsy. They never did do a proper autopsy on President Kennedy. So there are a lot of things about this assassination that have caused all this controversy Mm -hmm. uh, because they didn't do a proper examination.
0: Let let me Uh, ask you something. Let me ask you something, Jack. If the president, if President Kennedy would have been assassinated today with the Technology and the forensic abilities that law enforcement has at their disposal today, would they have been able to cover up the assassination?
1: I don't think they could get away with it today. No. With all the technology we have, I think it'd be very hard to get away with it. Real hard. I mean, we have much better technology now. We have DNA, we have Mm -hmm. computers, we've got cell phones, we've got, I mean, just got massive technology now. It would be really hard to kill somebody and and get away with it if there was a conspiracy, at least I think it would be. Yeah.
0: So, so you were saying that there's there there was more there are more questionable aspects of the autopsy that there was no autopsy performed.
1: Well, there was an autopsy done; okay. it just doesn't doesn't wasn't done properly. Uh. Uh, the doctors who did the autopsy, number one, were not forensic pathologists. Only one of them was Colonel Pink. Pink was, but the other two were not forensic pathologists. I think the are the ones that do. They're experts at gunshot wounds. They're the ones that come in and do autopsies on homicide victims, suicide victims. Right. Uh, they're especially trained for gunshot wounds. These two guys, two of the three doctors, are not trained in gunshot autopsies. Yet they're doing the most important autopsy on the most important murder case in the history of this country, and they don't really are not trained mm. to do it right. That's number one. In the military I was controlling the autopsy because they had it at Bethesda Naval Hospital. The autopsy should have been, been done in Dallas, number one, of course. Uh, because that's where the murder took place. And at the time, it was not a federal crime to kill the president like it is today. So Texas had jurisdiction over Kennedy's body, not the federal government. And Dr. Earl Rose, who was the best forensic pathologist, one of the best in the country, was in Dallas. And he would have done the autopsy on President Kennedy had they let him do it. But the uh, Secret Service would not let him do it. They took the body out against the, against the Dallas authorities' wishes and took Kennedy back to Washington when they did the autopsy up there. That's another reason why I believe it was a conspiracy, because had the autopsy been done in Dallas, the truth would have come out.
0: So that's why there was that struggle as the as, the, as Secret Service wanted to take the body back, and Parkland, uh, The you know, the why wasn't the jurisdiction maintained in, in Texas? Did, now, did the Secret Service actually have the authority to remove the body?
1: Well, what happened was Dr. McClellan told me what happened because he was standing there and he saw what happened. He told me that... Uh, Dr. Rose blocked their pass when they were wheeling Kennedy's casket out of the hospital and said, you can't take his body out of here until I do an autopsy. Just mm-hmm. The law says, I have to do it here. And Dr. McConnell said, the Secret Service, they just pulled their guns out and said, move out of the way. We're taking the body. We don't care who you are. You're not doing any autopsy. We're taking the body to Washington. And they physically moved him out of the way, forcibly moved him out of the way and took the body out by force. Uh, I mean, that's that's hard to believe, but that's it what is, happened. Yeah.
0: All right, Jack, stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Exxon Nation, uh, Jack Duffy is our special guest. He's the author of The Man from 2063, and his new book is entitled Black Mamba. Jack's website is www.themanfrom2063.com, and Jack and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, once again, you can listen to the Exxon 724-365 simply by going to www.exoneradiotv.com. That's www.exoneradiotv.com, And don't forget to visit the all-new e case at www.wikipublishinghouse.com. That's www.wikipublishinghouse.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. back, everyone. Jack Duffy is our special guest of this hour. He is a JFK assassination conspiracy expert, strategic trial lawyer, terrorism expert, political analyst, and nationally known legal expert. His website is www.themanfrom2063.com. And Jack is also the author of The Man from 2063. And his new book that is out is entitled Black Mamba. During the commercial break, you were telling me about... uh, some fascinating stuff about two separate brains being tested?
1: Yes. Uh, This came out in a documentary that I saw two weeks ago here in Dallas called A Coup Camelot. Uh, Some researchers discovered from the National Archives that uh, they did uh, an autopsy on President Kennedy's actual brain on Monday the 25th, the day Mm -hmm. of his funeral, and they sectioned the brain like you do a loaf of bread, like you're supposed to, and they realized that the fatal shot had come from the front when they tracked the, the path of the bullet through the brain. Well, they had a problem because they knew that the shots had all come from the rear, supposedly, from Oswald, and now they have proof here that the bullet that killed him came from the front. So they came in with another brain, and they have documentation to prove this. This isn't something I'm making up. They brought in another brain that had been shot from the rear, apparently, to set up to simulate what had happened if Oswald had killed him, and they sectioned that brain, and that's the brain that they used to prove that the shots came from the rear when they knew good well that the actual brain showed just the opposite. That's just amazing. It really is. Um, what are, are
0: what about the strange deaths that have happened uh, within the JFK assassination conspiracy cover-up scenario? Uh,
1: there were a lot of strange deaths of interesting or very interesting people that were uh, very important people. One of the more important ones was a man named William Pitzer, who was the naval photographer at Bethesda, where they did the autopsy. He took all the photographs and x-rays of President Kennedy's body that were taken during the uh, autopsy, mm-hmm. and Pitzer knew what had happened to the president, because he photographed everything. He photographed his head, his brain, everything, and he told his family the night of the autopsy that that the American people were being lied to, that that, uh, more than one person had killed the president, because he had the proof right there in the autopsy room, but he couldn't say anything because he'd get court-martialed, but he knew what had happened. Uh, What's interesting about him is that he told his family that he was visited by the CIA a couple weeks after the assassination and warned not to talk about what he'd seen and photographed or his career would be over with. Uh, so he was—he couldn't say anything about it. Uh Right before he was going to retire and get out of the military, he was found dead in his lab where he worked uh, with a pistol next to him, and they oh, said man. it was a suicide. And what's what the what's interesting about this is that his family uh said to researchers that there's no way he killed himself; that uh, they believe he was murdered, and they faced it to look like a suicide because they knew goodwill that he was going to blow the whistle on the Kennedy uh, fast had he been allowed to live and, and get out of the military. He had also taken a 16-millimeter film, the autopsy, which was in his lab, and that, that film was no longer in the lab when they found his body. Somebody had taken it, and we have never seen that film since. Yeah. Uh, so he's one of the more important deaths. Um, there were three mobsters, uh, one, Sam Jean Kahn, Johnny Roselli, and Ch- Charles Nicoletti, or Chuck Nicoletti, who were all murdered within a few months of each other uh... in the mid-seventies they were all going to be brought to washington to be uh... to testify before the house committee They were all being subpoenaed by washington by the committee and all three of them were murdered by the mob before they could be brought to washington uh... king kind of killed in his home in chicago Arizona was killed in miami and chopped up in pieces and dumped in the bay and Nicoletti was killed in chicago in a parking lot so all three of these guys were murdered uh... right before their testimony was going to be used or before they could testify uh... some people say well it's just coincidence well <laughs> You know, I don't believe in coincidence like that, that much of a coincidence. Exactly. Uh, so those are, three, those are three very convenient deaths. Uh, Dorothy Kilgallen, was a well-known news reporter, uh, she got the only private interview with Jack Ruby. The only She was the only journalist that ever got a private interview with Jack Ruby before he died. And to this day, we don't know what Ruby told her. But she told her friends that she took notes during the interview, and she told uh, people that she knew that she was going to blow the Kennedy assassination wide open because of what Ruby had told her. Well, she ended up dead uh, from a drug overdose in her uh, Manhattan apartment before she could publish anything, and her notes were taken out of her apartment, or they were never seen. They were stolen or destroyed. The notes she took of Ruby's uh, were missing. uh, Hey, Jack. Jack, I hate to do this,
0: old friend, but you and I have run out of time for tonight. We'll have to have you back on in the near future to finish this great topic. Thanks for coming with us, uh, coming on the show tonight, Jack. Always a pleasure talking to you. Sure, I love it. Take care, my friend. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. www.themanfrom2063.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news. Don't go away.